Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I'm Sam I am. Welcome to the Lifeboat live stream. All right, we're going to run through tonight's bombing run, and we're definitely going to get into some controversy with this one, but we'll start off here. Um, there was this thread on Epstein and private islands, and it supposedly ties in Joe Biden owning Water Island. Turns out, when you fact check it, which we're going to do here in a minute. In fact, let me open that in a tab and get it loaded. Uh, a lot of this doesn't really add up. Um, some of these things are true. It's saying uh, Maxwell has this submarine company, has a pilot's license for a submarine, a yacht named Plan B. Uh, this whole Terramar company, I'm not sure how much of that was. I can't recall how much of it was. Uh, dot connecting that wasn't actually true and then how much of it is uh there's some substance to it because she is you know sitting there i think at the the united nations meeting talking about Terra Mar. so this was a real thing that these globalists were pushing and she was the key figurehead now i've also listened to um a guy that was has i guess been breaking down these various depositions that i haven't taken the time to read and he's you know, kind of doing the same kind of analysis I do, but specifically on those. <clears throat> and what he was pointing out is uh, there's no big bond. Like she's not confessing. She's defending herself and trying to say like, uh, well, I saw this girl working at the uh, Mar-a-Lago club. So therefore I assumed she was an adult and a professional and she's given like really obvious answers that are bullshit and everybody knows it. Um, and there's some contradictions in her story, which is always what they're trying to do is get you to, here's your, here's your story. And then ask you different questions and find conflicts in that story. And there's a lot of that there. Um, the last thing I saw on it was that she's a, uh, co-conspirator from Epstein and his plea deal. So she, I, I guess has immunity from that, or, or I think that's what they're trying to claim. I don't know if that will be successful or not, but wow, what a slap in the face if it is. Um, okay, and then here he's saying Terramar, funded by the Clinton Foundation, and Epstein was based out of Epstein's New York mansion. I think that part's true. Epstein, uh, as we know, privately owned Little St. James Island, known locally as Pedophilia Island, pedo, Pedophile Island, Orgy Island. Uh, only 500 feet away is neighboring uh, Great St. James Island, also bought by Epstein, once popular with locals and tourists. For its main attraction, Christmas Cove, where people hung out and ordered pizza, which would be delivered by boat. Hmm. Uh, okay, or another 500 feet away is St. Thomas. U.S. Virgin Islands is the port of Red Hook. You can get some good weed there. I've heard from a friend. <laughs> In which Epstein was a uh, half owner along with the governor of St. Thomas. So ties to local government as well, right? And of course, Haiti's on the other end of this thing. Let's not forget. As those of you saw from the... Uh, Oh, the, the video that uh, Cappy put together or, well, somebody put together with Cappy's words. Okay. As half owner of the port of Red Hook, 
Jeffrey Epstein could bypass all customs enforcement authorities and move anything. And that's where the drug dealers hang out too, 10 years ago. Uh, and just south of St. Thomas lies Water Island, which is owned by Joe Biden. So this is crap. Uh, they had a house on uh, St. Thomas facing the water, but it was not Water Island that they bought. Okay, so, and I don't think there, it's, they, they actually did a proper fact check. In fact, let's jump to that right here. Um, they went through and found, uh, I think, you know, like the history of the island, how it was used. An investment banker named Walter Phillips bought the island <clears throat> in 1951 and converted the former army barracks into a hotel building Honeymoon Beach, which was featured in the on and on. So like they did a, a good thorough job of fact checking this, unlike the one where we had the, the uh, supposed U.S. Marshals that were obviously Capitol Police. Uh, escorting Pelosi and they debunked the U.S. Marshals narrative but never show explained who are those people what are they doing why are they like seemingly barking order, orders at her and pissed off that she tried to talk to somebody during the inauguration don't need to answer that but in this one they did because you know uh, their debunking is is a valid one it just shows you the kind of the hallmarks to look for uh, when you're going through this kind of stuff. At least in my mind, it does. Uh, anyway, and there's uh, underwater facilities for docking submarines. This is like a uh, looks like a, a sunken cargo ship. Like we, I, I went scuba diving on a big cargo ship. There was an eel living in the side of it, and I pet it, and the instructor was like, "No, no, they'll bite you." <laughs> But I had saltwater tanks and had dealt with them, so it wasn't that big of a deal. Now, there, he's also going through saying there's submarine ports. And, like, I don't know what this thing in the water here is. It could just be a sunken boat. That's kind of what it looks like. It's not shaped like a submarine. I. It doesn't make any sense that there would be a, a submarine port in, like, five feet of water where this boat dock is. Uh, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. So... Another one that kind of bites the dust. Of course, there's a picture of a submarine moving through the water. I don't know where this is or where it's from. If it's around the island, you know, they could have docked right here. But again, that doesn't look like a submarine. That looks like a boat that maybe sank from a hurricane or something. Okay. Uh... So what could Epstein, Maxwell, and Joe Biden and family be using these underwater ports for? Could it be to smuggle drugs, money, or children? Well, and again, I don't know how much of the submarine narrative is active, but if you're involved with the local government and you're paying off the cops, as we saw with, uh, you know, narcos, and of course you had um, a guy in the U.S. flying the drugs in for the CIA, into where? Mena, Arkansas, where Governor Bill Clinton was in charge, right? I mean, like, and they were, they were getting notice of where the CIA or the DEA was out there trying to enforce and catch them so that they could bypass the whole area. I mean, it was just so um, absurd what was going on, especially given the narrative 
that were fighting the war on drugs being sold to the American people at the very same time that the U.S. government is in fact orchestrating the war on drugs and profiting from it and using that to launder money into black ops. And it involved murder and kidnapping and torture and rape, dismemberment. Those are the people that they were dealing with in order to make that money. And they just, they don't care. But they'll tell you, just say no to drugs. It's just so stunning. Uh, So no doubt, you know, some of that was going on, right? Uh, We already know Epstein is heavily involved with the trafficking of minors and using them to blackmail celebrities, politicians, and the wealthy. We also know that Epstein owned the Zorro Ranch in New Mexico, which is also tied to sex trafficking. But what many have overlooked is that Zorro Ranch, this was interesting, uh, just happens to be located less than 20 miles from many top secret government weapons and nuclear research and testing facilities, laboratories, and other facilities housing government state secrets. So now, like, gee, why did he pick that spot? Do you think? Do you know? Uh, So now the story unfolds. Who else do we know that uh, was involved in nuclear material? Our very own State Department, Hillary Clinton and Huma Abden. This is about much more than drugs, money laundering, or child sex trafficking. Now we're talking about the possibility of dealing not just drugs, money, or people, but state secrets, arms, and uranium. What parties would be interested in receiving U.S. secrets, technology, and weapons resources? Well, I think we know that, uh, most of them. China, Iran, they got suitcases of, or they got pallets of money pushed out of an airplane for doing something, right? It wasn't just because Obama was feeling generous. All right, so then there's another thread into you know various deep dives and so forth. Oh, hello. Okay, that was the end. <laughs> uh, anyway, so this article kind of goes through, and I think fact, fact checks most, most of it. So they're saying false. Joe Biden does not own an island in the U.S. Virgin Islands. The article was produced by the Reuters fact check team. Um, let me see. Water Island once protected a nearby submarine base before it became a tropical getaway. Uh, United States defense strategies in World War II. Sorry, I'm just looking through this. I ended up building a rack instead of getting through all of my research today. But now all of the equipment is in a proper equipment rack, and I'm very happy about that. (laughs) So my apologies, guys. Um, Anyway, but it's, you know, it's another example of there's some substance to what's happening there and probably part of this, um, this whole mess. But at the same time, there's dot connecting happening where it just doesn't really add up very well. So, all right, let's go back here. I thought this was rather fascinating. Um, this guy's in Sweden, just taking a walk through the local mall here. This is what it looks like for those of you in America and Australia, right? In the middle of this pandemic. I don't see a single person wearing a mask. 
some quick lunch shop uh, lunch hour shopping today here is swedish restriction behavior at the moment is what this is titled and nobody's wearing a mask and not just the people sitting down to eat the people walking around the mall this is like a modern indoor shopping mall and he's kind of going through the food court but also through the shopping areas and it doesn't change no mask no mask no mask no mask (laughs) so this is what life could be like right now but instead what we're getting is the government threatening i don't know if i got it in here or not uh i don't but the government's now threatening uh or or has granted the tsa enforcement authority to write 1500 dollars fines if you uh don't wear the mask on the airplane of course they're going to enforce it at their security checkpoints so now anytime in the whole airport so it's expanding out further and yeah if you don't pay the fine guess what happens (laughs) this is insanity do you not see okay now there's been a bit of a change of narrative that's caught my attention of and it's not just this but it's other things that i'm watching here i want you to watch this uh, the press secretary here and underscores Miss Circle Back, Circle Holler Back Girl, Circle Back Girl. There we go. I want you to listen to what she says about the situation. Hello, good afternoon. Good afternoon. We have another special visitor and guest with us here today. Uh, the January jobs report, which we all saw, came out this morning is disappointing and underscores the need to act swiftly to deliver immediate relief to American families. The bottom line is our economy is digging out of a hole worse than the depths of the Great Recession at a crawling and moving at a crawling pace. Today we're joined by a member. Actually acknowledging reality for once. I have something you never really see. Wow, that's pretty good. Member of the Council of Economic Advisors, Jared Bernstein, who will walk through the numbers reported today by the Department of Labor and how they serve to underline the urgency for the president's rescue plan. Of course, it's politically motivated. We need to get funding out to all these deep state agencies and get them replenished right away. So this is urgent. Let's tell the truth. (laughs) And then another thing that happened along these same lines is right here you've got this indictment from the fbi and there's a picture here of the guy i think in the with the red arrow pointing to him that they're trying to indict and you've got um the horn guy that's in jail as well that came in with the the fur hat and uh, no shirt (laughs) and it says up here I've studied extremism for 15 years. I've reviewed mostly every court record for decades. I can honestly say very little surprises me. That said, I have absolutely no idea what to say about the internet image the FBI used in a criminal complaint of a 
of the picture hanging on the wall. And if you look in the background, it's got the big black guy with the huge cock <laughs> superimposed over the picture, which means they used a doctored photo in this indictment. Uh, and he says, uh, oh man, where is it? He says something about this should be a prosecutor's or a defense attorney's wet dream. I can't find it though. And what happened to the thread? Did he delete it? Yeah. Anyway, so like you've got Ezra saying this nonsense or this thing, this idea that sounds crazy that like the horns have cameras in them and they're audio and video recording everything and it's the perfect disguise and he's one of us and yada yada and like here in this case I don't know it's just it's weird like maybe they just missed the big naked black guy <laughs> in the painting on the wall in the capitol building but uh, I, I don't know okay we've also got Flynn, General Flynn here saying uh, that Trump didn't sign the Insurrection Act. Uh, know that this is nonsense. I want you guys to hear this. Did President Trump ever sign into action the Insurrection Act? No. Nonsense. It, nonsense. Is the United States military running the country or just doing, is that nonsense as well? More nonsense. Good, good to hear. More nonsense. Um, there, there's no plan. There's no you know, people. Out, there's so many people out there. Is the plan happening? There's no. I mean, we have what we have, and we have to accept the the situation as it is. But now, now we have something about it. So, I'll, did President Trump? So there you go. He's basically denying all of this whole after peace stuff saying there is no plan. Of course, the, the narrative is trust the plan, trust the plan. Um, now, Bonfire Guy came back with this. Oh, boy. I don't know. Let me see if I can. Hold on. Why aren't you letting me? I don't think that's going to work, so let me get it open there. Um He's saying it's a military operation, so of course he will tell the plan. He won't tell the plans to the world. Uh, it's not a game. Disinformation is necessary. Does not broadcast his game plan. He's got that in quotes, and he's linking to um, this video right here, which is a speech of Flynn, and we'll play a little bit here. If it'll play, we'll see. The advantage in life. Oh, sorry. In business and in wartime, goes to the competitor that does not flinch and does not broadcast his game plan. So, in that context, uh, I, I don't know. My question was... Uh, the advantage... Oh, sorry. My question was... Um, is he, would he be need to know? So like maybe he doesn't know about any of this because he's not in the circle. Now there's people that are like, no, no, he's part of the inner circle, Sam. 
uh, in which case he could be, you know, doing exactly what uh, Bonfire Guy is suggesting here. So, I don't know. Okay. Lou Dobbs, you know, we've played a lot of his uh, shows as he was covering uh, what these experts were seeing, talking to Sidney Powell and so forth. Um, his show got canceled because of the Dominion 2.5 billion, I think, dollar lawsuit against uh, Fox News. They've just suffered a lot of damage because they're going after Sidney Powell for 1.2 billion. So if you add those up, man, they must have been a really valuable company. So anyway, I said, thank you for all you've done to help people see what's going on, Lou Dobbs. I think he did a great job. I don't know. People are like, oh, you should get, uh, move to a new network and keep, maybe he just wants to retire people. He could just be done be like, you know what? I, I did what I could and now it's time for me to go off and enjoy my life. And I hope that he does that. Okay. Let's see here. A couple more things, but let me just scroll through and look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, here's the here's the uh, CDC issues order that makes not wearing a mask on public transportation a federal crime. Wait, what? Well, this is a first, and I'd love for some constitutionalists and attorneys to educate me on how the Centers for Disease Control, known as the tyrannical CDC, can issue anything that becomes a mandate or law. It's the same thing we saw in the election, right, where they had the lawsuit and the uh, Ratburger, like, wrote his own uh, election guidelines that, that subverted the law. Um. And now here, the CDC is drafting legislation. Why? Because they are so out of control and they've just, you know, legally maneuvered around whatever's written on the paper. It doesn't really matter because they get to interpret it. And their courts are the ones who decide what the definition of is is. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention now no longer having to be tyrants as the Biden administration has replaced the Trump administration have issued an unconstitutional mandate and law. The order which takes effect on Tuesday requires a mask be worn by all travelers on planes, trains, subways, buses, taxis, and ride-sharing services like Uber and Lyft. <laughs> Face coverings are also required at transportation hubs such as airports, bus terminals, train stations, and subway stations. Keep in mind what people are doing right now in Stockholm, in Sweden, and what they're doing here. The mandate offers few exceptions, allowing individuals to lower masks while eating, drinking, or taking medication for brief periods and for communicating with a person who is hearing impaired. The order will be enforced by the Transportation Security Administration and federal, state, and local agencies, while the CDC reserves the right to enforce through criminal penalties. Civil penalties such as fines are far more likely. Wow, what a favor they're doing us with all of this. 
Quote, scientific evidence shows that consistent and universal use of masks on public transportation systems and in the transportation hubs will protect Americans and help reduce the spread of COVID-19, the CDC stated. That's just amazing. I mean, like, it's like they're so out of control, they can get away with literally anything and do whatever they want because, well, they can. And that's exactly what they're doing here. Okay, there's this video that some of you guys pointed me to and it shows it's this guy and he's watching the Capitol live cam and like in the beginning, let me see if I can find it here. No, hold on. Well, oh, that might have been it right there. In the beginning, it's a split screen where it's showing uh, the Senate chambers happening and uh, the gavel drops, you know, meaning close of uh, close of the business for the day. And then all of a sudden, these uh, cop cars start coming in, start flooding into the Capitol building. They're like, they're going in arresting people again tonight. Uh, and here's the video proof. It's the second night in a row. Well, you also should probably remember that like they the the uh senate and house took the week off last week right and this is the first week they're back and if you've never seen the presidential motorcade it looks a lot like this right and who's in there presiding over the senate future president kamala right so this could very well be her motorcade escort coming in at the close of business to pick her up and take her home. That's perfectly reasonable explanation. That's my guess as to what we're seeing here. But maybe there's more than meets the eye to this. I don't know. But I get. I bet if you started trying to correlate uh, her movements, her day in the presiding over the Senate, and this, you might find some similarities or not. In which case, I think, wow, this is a little more unusual. But like I was in D.C., went to visit a girlfriend, uh, took cameras and had some choice moments with uh, park police, Capitol police uh, and some guy who walked up and wanted to know what I was recording and what was in the case, which is the camera case, because it's a you know a big camera. And I was just shooting B-roll of various uh, FBI uh IRS, different buildings and so forth. And he's asking me all these questions and questions. And eventually I'm like, oh, you've got somebody coming through. And he's kind of like I could see in his body language an abrupt shift and he tried to hide it, but it was already too late. And he's like, oh, no, I don't have anybody coming through here, sir. I'm just trying to uh, make sure everything, you know, just trying to get some information about you or something. And of course, I've never answer those those questions always get answered with a question from me and uh of course five minutes or he leaves gets in his car and leaves and then like uh ten and i forget who he's with it was one of these alphabet agencies and like five ten minutes later this whole caravan of cars comes down the street and it was yeah they're watching on all the cameras oh we got somebody with a suspicious case 
could be a shoulder fired missile. Let's go check him out. And that's basically what it was. And then later I was trying to walk across the street at the end of the day. And, uh, this cop starts screaming at me, Hey, go back, go. And it was like a gate that was closed, but the walk signal was off. And there's this line of 20, 30 cars. It was right by the white house. And this was the presidential motorcade, uh, that was like getting ready. So he literally this dipshit cop had me stand there on the corner for like six minutes before the motorcade came out when it would have taken me about 25 seconds to walk across the street. Uh, but yeah, I saw all of them go by and it's four or five times that size. So like to me, that's probably what this is. I don't know, but something to watch. Now, Juan O'Savin did this interview. Um, I don't expect anybody to tell us exactly what's going on because uh, on the inside of these things, um, there's some maneuvering going on that's outside of um, our need to know for the moment. Um, and if you did know precisely, somebody probably spoke that shouldn't have been speaking. So I think we just have to let things continue to develop. But that said, um, I don't expect this to continue endlessly. Uh, uh, this is, uh, we're coming into a zone. Um, I've been very public, I said it you know, with you and, and others, that my bets, and I did a lot of bets um, concerning uh, the Trump election, President Trump's election, that uh, even a year and more ago, I didn't say that Trump would. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, he goes through. Um, he, that's where the April 1st date comes from is him. And he goes through, though, in this and talks about the photo of Biden uh, coming off of the one of the cargo planes, the military cargo planes with two guys. And, well, they don't have the day pen and this and that. And like, clearly this is unusual. And where's the Secret Service and yada, yada, yada. Well, the photos from 2016 when he was vice president. OK, so like he talked about that as evidence that there's strange things going on here. And then he picked out like two more that were just as bad that go in the debunked pile. Um, so I, I don't know, guys, I don't know. OK. All right. Time magazine put out this article. It's titled The Secret History of the Shadow Campaign That Saved the 2020 Election. So we're going to go through this. I've highlighted a few sections in here that I definitely want to read up on and make a little bigger too. Okay. And then <clears throat> we're also, Mike Lindell put out this absolute proof video and it presents some new evidence that I think is pretty compelling and the implications of, uh, of that evidence really supports some of the things that, uh, we've been talking about for months and months and months. Um, so we're going to go through this. We're going to go through the article, which a lot of people are like, are they admitting that, uh, that they rigged the election and it's like 
no, it, it's, uh, I'll have to explain the perspective. Unfortunately, some of you are watching on a platform that doesn't allow that kind of discussion and uh, wants to limit what your what is acceptable conversation. So you guys won't be able to see this because I'm about to turn off streaming to YouTube. So if you want to watch it, you're going to have to come and find the show. It's on DLive. It's on Twitter. It's on Twitch. And we're going to continue there, but can't do it on the platform that's designed to propagandize you, not to educate and enlighten you. So bye guys. Thanks everyone. Okay. YouTube's gone. There we go. Welcome everybody else. <laughs> Watch them start streaming in. We'll see if they figure it out or not. They've been warned so many times, but do they listen? No, no, they don't listen. All right. Let's go through this. So um, I think what, like what happened here is they wrote this article, but they're so wrapped up in their liberal ideology about how um, this is like, uh, this is acceptable, everything that they're doing that they don't even understand that like what they're admitting to is the various ways that they've rigged the election, right? So I want to read this to you and kind of show you, give you my analysis on some of these parts. I didn't even make it through the whole thing. It's very long. You can see there's a little area, or actually you guys can't, that I skipped. Uh, so, but let's, I think we got most of it here. It's really long though. Uh, a second odd thing happened amid Trump's attempts to reverse the result. Corporate America turned on him. Hundreds of major business leaders, many of whom had backed Trump's candidacy and supported his policies, called on him to concede. To the president, something felt amiss. It was all very, very strange, Trump said on December 2nd. Quote, within days after the election, we witnessed an orchestrated effort to anoint the winner while many key states were still being counted, end quote. In a way, Trump was right. Uh, there was a conspiracy. This, this is the strange part. But like from their perspective, he was trying to disenfranchise the, the people's vote. And he didn't want their votes counted and this and that. Like that's the narrative that they propagandized YouTube and others with. And so like they don't, it's like the, it doesn't dawn on them that what they're laying out here. And, and it's so amazing to me. Okay. There was a conspiracy uh, unfolding behind the scenes that both curtailed the protests and coordinated the resistance from CEOs. Both surprises were the result of an informal alliance between left-wing activists and business titans. So exactly what we've been talking about. <sighs> the pact was formalized in a terse, little-noticed joint statement of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and AFL-CIO published on Election Day. I think we covered that one, remember? Oh, we noticed it. Both sides... Uh, would come to see it as a sort of implicit bargain inspired by the summer's massive, sometimes destructive race, racial justice protests, you know, where they drag out BLM because, uh, you know, they're, they're good uh, ploys to, to use to their political ends. 
to achieve their political ends, uh, in which the forces of labor came together with the forces of capital to keep the peace and oppose Trump's assault on democracy. <laughs> the handshake between business and labor was just one component of a vast cross-partisan campaign to protect the election, an extraordinary shadow effort dedicated not to winning the vote, but ensuring it would be free, fair, credible, and uh, uncorrupted. For more than a year, a loosely organized coalition of operatives scrambled to shore up America's institutions as they came under simultaneous attack from a remorseless pandemic and an, aut and an autocratically inclined president. Though much of this activity took place on the left, it was separate from the Biden campaign and crossed ideological lines with crucial contributions by nonpartisan and conservative actors. The scenario the shadow campaigners were desperate to stop was not a Trump victory. It was an election so calamitous that no result could be discerned at all. A failure of the central act of democratic self-governance that has been the hallmark of America since its founding. Like, okay, they weren't out to get Trump. They were out to make sure we had free and fair elections. That's, that was the purpose of all of this. Oh, fucking great. All right, let me go in and manually end the stream and just delete the video. That should have cut it oh, off. Fucking great. But it didn't. All right, let me go in and manually go. Technology. Thank y'all for letting me know. <laughs> and oh, good God, has me answering questions about is it made for kids? There we go. In stream, goodbye. And now I have to delete the video too, which sucks. But that's YouTube. Give me just a second, guys. People are going to be like, what? What? How could you? I need studio and then videos and then live and... edit apologize everybody it'll be done in just a second there we go okay there we go well, let's keep going shall we uh the so basically they were working behind the scenes uh with blm kind of you know like we saw you had this business aligning up with sort of all of these liberal interests out there to protect the election, yeah. An extraordinary shadow effort dedicated to not winning the vote, but to ensuring it would be free, fair, credible, and uncorrupted. 
More than a year, a loosely organized coalition of operatives scrambled to shore up America's institutions as they came under simultaneous attack from a remorseless pandemic and autocratically inclined president. Though much of this activity took place on the left, like almost all of it, it was separate from the Biden campaign, crossed ideological lines with surgical contributions by nonpartisan conservative actors. The scenario the shadow campaigners were desperate to stop was not a Trump victory. It was an election so calamitous that no result could be discerned at all. A failure of the central act of a democratic self-governance that has been the hallmark of America since its founding. So. Again, they're like, we're here to protect democracy when the reality was they're here to completely subvert the will of the people with everything that was done here. And I love that they go through and like outline it for us one thing at a time. Their work touched every aspect of the election. They got states to change voting systems and laws and helped to secure hundreds of millions in public and private funding. Like, oh, oh okay. There's the lawsuit in Georgia where these guys who don't get to write laws, the legislature does that, did exactly that. And the court said, oh yeah, yeah, that's fine. No problem there. We don't, we don't even, we don't need to see the evidence because there is no evidence. So we're not going to hold a single evidentiary hearing in a single one of these cases. All right, suppose it cut off. Yeah, sometimes YouTube, for whatever reason, just doesn't get the message to cut off and the stream keeps running. I have to go in and do it manually, but I, I'm guessing that's what happened. Next time I'll just have it ready to go and just shut it off. I like that. Let's see. Yeah, now they're up a little bit, but lost about 800 people. Oh, well, enjoy your propaganda, people. Uh, all right, they, let's see. And, and of course, we're going to go into the public funding, but that's the whole, you know, they got money from uh, the government and then they went to Zuckerberg and got $150 million or whatever it was from him to do all of these drop locations around the city so that, uh, you know, the average person, somebody in the country has to travel is like factor of 100 further than the person uh, living in the city, right? So like they've made it as easy as possible for Democrats or people they thought were Democrats to vote. Okay, uh, they fended off voter suppression lawsuits, recruited armies of poll workers and got millions of people to vote by mail for the first time. <laughs> They successfully pressured social media companies to take a harder line against disinformation and use data-driven strategies to fight viral smears. Uh-huh. This is all the de by deplatforming people and declaring things um, unspeakable against disinformation and use data-driven strategies to fight viral smears. They executed national public awareness campaigns, propagandized the masses, that helped Americans understand how the vote count would unfold over two days or weeks, preventing more 
uh, preventing Trump's conspiracy theories and false claims of victory from getting more traction. After Election Day, they monitored every pressure point to ensure that Trump could not overturn the result. The untold story of the election is the thousands of people, uh, both parties who accomplished the triumph of American democracy is at, at, at its very foundation. Triumph of American democracy. Stealing an election, rigging the system, and getting away with it is at the foundation of our democracy. And actually, they're right. (laughs) That's true. It's just not for the reasons you guys think or might not think. Uh, For Trump and his allies were running their own campaign to spoil the election. The president spent months insisting that mail-in ballots were a democratic plot and the election would be rigged. Well, actually, for decades, that's what all of the experts had said about mail-in ballots until the Democratic plan was to use mail-in ballots and COVID as the excuse to push people that way. Then it became conspiracy theory. But before that, it was well-accepted fact that mail-in ballots were most susceptible to fraud. Okay, but it's cool when you're in this 1984 paradigm echo chamber known as YouTube and Twitter and so forth, where you can just rewrite history really i mean that that was that was the guy's job oh butter rations decreasing five percent well we'll go back and tell them that it used to be this and that it's now increased five percent when we give them less (laughs) like that's literally what's happening here this is you know alex jones might be an ass might make your blood pressure pressure run a little high if you're loud but he's right When he said, when he gets loud, he's right when he said, this is an information war. This is it. We are at war. Those of you that were listening on YouTube are on the enemy's platform, which is fine, but know where you are and what you're going to see there and what you're not going to see there. Okay. And again, let me see. His henchmen at the state level sought to block their use while his lawyers brought dozens of spurious suits to make it more difficult to vote. Actually, his lawyers brought, what was it, two lawsuits? The other 60 were not really related to him. Like anybody can file a lawsuit for any reason, pretty much. So, uh, yeah, this is more fake news, Uh, uh, making it more difficult to vote, an intensification of the GOP's legacy of suppressive tactics. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, both sides do that. Before the election, Trump plotted to block legitimate vote count. No, what he plotted to do, what he attempted to do, was to discard illegal ballots, one that came after the election, and for some reason, we're still being counted. We're being post-dated. We have the, the postal workers talking about that's what they overheard. Their postmaster telling them, backdate the ballots and count them. So blocking those is trying to block a legitimate vote count? No. It's trying to block fraudulent, illegal ballots that were counted anyway, because the system is corrupt and rigged and there's nothing's going to fix it. 
I mean, you might be able to correct it for a time being, but it's not fixed. It'll go back to that eventually. Finally, summoning his army of supporters on the January 6th rally that ended in deadly violence at the Capitol. Okay, so like three people had medical emergencies and then the cop that had a heart attack. They make it sound like people were just being beat to death left and right in this insurrection. Yeah. Yeah, that was so terrible, they were opened back up in a few hours. Mm -hmm. We can look back and say this thing went pretty well, but it was not uh, at all clear in September and October that that was going to be the case. Every attempt to interfere with the proper outcome of the election was defeated, says Ian Basin, co-founder of Project Democracy, a nonpartisan rule of law advocacy group. Yeah, I bet that's a ringer of a true statement. Um, do we have an issue in the chat? Just somebody let me know. But there should be mods in uh, in both Twitch. I've added several. But, okay. <sighs> Democracy is not self-executing. Let me see. Oh, wait. But it's massively important for this the country to understand that it didn't happen accidentally. No, it didn't. There was intentional concerted effort to rig this election, to get these ballots included, to get systems in place to where the ballots could be dropped off anonymously so that they could be uh, blended in, right? So that they could be collected after the fact in case, you know, our, our estimates didn't quite come out right and we got to throw in a few more into the system to get it, get them over the line. Same reason we had, you know, wild numbers of ballots being, um, oh, what was it? <sighs> Adjudicated by hand, basically, to where they turn up the contrast on the sensor to hit 90%. We had 96% in some precincts that were adjudicated, sent off to someone to pick and decide for the voter who they voted for. Give me a break, people. These machines aren't even supposed to be connected to the internet. We're going to look at that when we go to the, uh, the documentary that uh, Mike Lindell put together. Not even supposed to be connected to the internet. And like, clearly they are. And in this debunking article, this fact-checked article, debunking Lindell's democracy or uh, his video, they're actually going to talk about how the machines uh, are being used over the internet and like, but they're completely oblivious to the fact that that's illegal, that you're not to have election systems on the internet on election day. But that's exactly what happened. So, okay. Um, the system didn't work magically. Nope. It took a lot of, it took a lot of uh, people helping out. Democracy is not self-executing. That's why the participants want the secret history of the 2020 election uh, told, even though it sounds like a paranoid fever dream, a well-funded cabal of powerful people ranging across industries and ideologies working together behind the scenes to influence perceptions change rules and laws, steer media coverage, and control the flow of information. And let me close down my email. Apologize, guys.
uh, they were they were not rigging the election; they were fortifying it. Oh, okay. See, here's the narrative. And they believe the public needs to understand the system's fragility. See, you need them in there hand-holding this process, changing all the rules, subverting the rule of law, subverting the role of the legislature, putting themselves in the, uh, you know, an agency, a government agency, and get, granting themselves the ability to write law. That's protecting the, the fragile system, not uh, rigging the election. Mm-hmm. Fragility in order to ensure that democracy in America endures. Yeah, yeah. Fuck off with this. Uh, pod, Podhoser. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We're going to call this guy Podhoser. This is some strategist, senior advisor to the president of the AFL-CIO. I think this was the guy that we talk, talked about in that video. The nation's largest union federal... Federation has marshaled the latest tactics and data to help its favored candidates win elections. <clears throat> Among Demo Democratic insiders, he's known as the wizard behind some of the biggest advances in political technology in recent decades. A group of liberal strategists he brought together in the early 2000s led to the creation of the Analyst Institute, a secretive firm that applies scientific methods to political campaigns. So here we are. Basically, how do we engineer, how do we control and propagandize people to uh, make them believe whatever we want, to push whatever narrative fits our, uh, our agenda? That's who this guy is. And of course, the Republicans have, them, have the same Karl Rove and all the others. It's no different. They're all out to control you. They just want slightly different things. You know, it's it's a matter of, well, we want to make our friends rich. Well, we want to make our friends rich. And which, what you get to decide on is which of them makes their friends richer and you and your family and your community poorer in the process through all of this runaway inflation and money printing. Because the value is coming from you, from the dollars that you still use. My, if somebody reminds me, I'll tell you a tender story from today about that. <laughs> okay. Uh, Trump has made it clear that this will not be a fair election and that he will reject anything but his own re-election as fake and rigged, he wrote. I don't think that that's, I'm guessing if we went and read that document, that would not be in the context in which it was said. Okay, but we already know that there there were election irregularities from the Texas investigation in 2016, right? Yes, we do. Uh, we already know that there were irregularities with the Clintons and they cheated. They just once again didn't cheat enough and Trump got in. Okay. Oh, come on. The memo laid out four categories of challenges. This is uh, pod... Crusher or whatever his name is, uh, memo that he wrote. Where is it? Uh, attacks on voters, attacks on election administration, attacks on Trump's political opponents, and efforts to reverse the results of the election. Well, I don't think voters were attacked, but what they're categorizing as attacks on voters is like 
uh, ballots that come in after the legal deadline should not be counted. Well, that you're attacking voters. You're trying to disenfranchise the black vote, which is quite humorous because blacks actually supported Trump in higher numbers than they ever have for, I think, any Republican candidate. So, like, he's trying to disenfranchise the community that supports him? Hmm. Uh, I don't think so. Attacks on electoral election administration. Well, you mean like the lawsuits for these guys writing their own legislation as we're seeing is continuing here with now a fucking private agency directing the TSA to issue fines and, and criminal charges against people who are not wearing masks past their checkpoint on a bus in a fucking Uber. Are you kidding me? No, this is all fine. This is the Biden's new America. This is good. Okay. Let me go back here. Um, let's see. So again, calling out people changing the law, subverting the legislature, not an attack on an election administration. I mean, it is, and it's warranted, right? Like, should they be able to get away with anything? Should they be able to break the law? Or should they be held accountable to the law? Like, there's the answer. He's holding them accountable to the law, or tried to and failed. But they're trying to claim, oh, this is an attack on the election administration. Attacks on Trump's political opponents. Well, uh, okay, are we talking about Russiagate? Oh, no, that was you guys attacking him for four fucking years based on a lie that you knew was a lie when you went to the FISA, the secret court, and got a warrant to spy on him. But Trump's the bad guy. Yes, okay. Efforts to reverse the results of the election. Well, you mean uh, exclude fraudulent votes? Hmm? Exclude votes that violated the law? that were disqualified by law and yet were counted anyway. Yeah, those should probably be excluded. Okay. In March, uh, activists appealed to Congress to steer COVID relief money to election administration led by the Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights. Oh yeah, okay. More than 150 organizations signed a letter to every member of Congress seeking $2 billion in election funding. Oh, imagine what they would have done with that. It was somewhat successful. The CARES Act passed later that month contained $400 million in grants to state election administrators, but the next tranche of relief funding didn't add to that number. It wasn't going to be enough. Private philanthropy stepped into the breach. An assessment of foundations contributed tens of millions of dollars, mostly Zuckerberg and Facebook, right? Uh, in election administration funding to the uh, Chan Zuckerberg initiative chipped in 300 million. I think that's actually five. There was 300 and then I think another two. I, maybe I'm thinking of it wrong though. Uh, it was a failure at the federal level that 2,500 local election officials were forced to apply for philanthropic, uh, philanthropic grants to fill their needs. Well, like their needs were to what? put these uh, ballot drop boxes all around the neighborhood where they can't be all surveilled so that you could flood the system with false ballots and then apply, make sure your rules were being applied 
on these uh, counties and of course put clawback uh, what are they clauses in your agreement so that if they didn't follow all the rules maybe they didn't read them they didn't follow all those when when they got that sweet 10 20 30 million dollars well now they might have to pay it back so they're now on the hook under your thumb to do what you want or you can threaten them with contract violation and bankrupt their office that's how democracy works that's how it's manipulated by these people to defraud the american people to steal their vote and to install their puppets for the deep state in the end nearly half the electoral uh, electorate cast ballots by mail in 2020 practically a revolution in how people vote uh-huh about a quarter voted early in person. Only a quarter of voters cast their ballots the traditional way in person on election day. Yeah, I wonder how many of those were real people that voted by mail. And what the, <clears throat> what the real number is. Okay, the most important takeaway from Quinn's research, however, wasn't that Uh, engaging with toxic content only made it worse when you get attacked the instinct is to push back call it out say this isn't true Quinn says but the more engagement something gets the more the platform boosts it the algorithm reads that as oh this is popular people want more of it okay so yeah and this is how you get to the bottom of these things just like we've been doing on this show just like you know we did earlier with this whole Epstein Island thing you get somebody making a claim you get somebody else making counterclaims and you look through the evidence and then you decide for yourself right like these things work themselves out yes people are gonna not want to look at the evidence on both sides people are going to come in and misrepresent the evidence like we saw with the fact checking air quotes fact checking of of uh, federal marshals have arrested Pelosi and they debunked it. And like, yes, that was never really a valid claim in the first place, but you never answered the question of who are these people surrounding her and why are they bossing her around? So like they're trying to control the evolution of the marketplace, solving this problem in the most fair and equitable way for all parties. And the reason that they want to do that is because they want to push their narrative because it's driven by the deep state agenda. And you have to understand that. Okay. Uh, The solution, she concluded, was to pressure platforms to enforce their rules by uh, removing content on accounts that spread disinformation. There's, well, we're just deplatform people and silence them. And by more aggressively policing it in the first place. So, yeah, more silence and deplatform. And then we can have our echo chamber where people only see our propaganda and our alternative facts. We don't need to listen to doctors. I mean, somebody wants to hold a public hearing where doctors who are treating patients with COVID want to go against the Ministry of Truth. And the Ministry of Science, we shall ban you from our platform. 
because what could a doctor treating COVID patients actually know about treating COVID patients? It's amazing. In November 2019, Zuck uh, invited nine civil rights leaders to dinner at his home where they warned him about the danger of election-related falsehoods that were already spreading unchecked. It took punishing, urging conversations, brainstorming of all that to get a place where we ended up with more rigorous rules and enforcement. (laughs) Okay, let me tell you what narratives we need to shut down, Mark. And here's the ones that we need to push, okay? Make that happen is the translation for that load of bullshit beyond battling bad, bad information. There was the, which that's true. There's a lot of it out there. There was a need to explain a rapidly changing election process by rapidly changing. They mean uh, rapidly manipulated and compromised election process. So we need to sell that narrative to the normies so that they just accept it. So that when all of this stuff, when we have to cheat so bad, it, it becomes so obvious that uh, we can piss on them and tell them it's raining and they'll believe us. It was critical for voters to understand that despite what Trump was saying, mail-in votes weren't susceptible to fraud. <laughs> we've, <coughs> we've covered in these bombing runs the, the facts and evidence that show, yeah, no, no. Mail-in is the most susceptible to fraud, especially when you don't do the identification checks, which in a lot of these places, they just threw those right out the fucking window, right? No, we don't need to check ID. No, we don't need to check signatures. They're good. We're not going to cross check them. We're just going to uh, approve them. Of course, you know, then you also had offices that were the inspector general just started counting the ballots early. Well, where were the fucking observers when you started opening those ballots? Because they're required to be there as part of the election process. That's why the Trump administration sued to make them wait so that they could be observed. And of course, what happened in Atlanta? Oh, stop counting the ballots. Everybody get out. And then we're going to bring in our team to keep counting ballots once all the observers are gone. And we'll send in our shill observer from the governor's office, who's also compromised because he got elected into his job by cheating the voters and subverting the will of the people. We'll send him in and he can be used as an excuse that, uh, no, you're wrong. There were observers there. Of course, he was absent 45 minutes during the two hours of counting, but that's fine. Don't worry about that. He was falling asleep and on his phone earlier, but that's fine. Don't worry about that. This is all fine. This is fair, and this is how you protect democracy. Quote, we knew exactly what Trump was going to do. He was going to try to use the fact that Democrats voted by mail and Republicans voted in person to make it look like he was ahead. Claim victory and say the mail-in votes were fraudulent and try to get them thrown out. Well, he said the ones, you know, where they're not validating signatures as required by law or receiving them on time as required by law should be thrown out. But like this article is oblivious to any of this because, you know, this was all above board and these people were just here helping ensure democracy. We should be thanking them for their service blindly. Obviously we started thinking about a program that would complement the traditional election protection, but also didn't rely on calling the police. (laughs) 
they created a force of, quote, election defenders who, unlike traditional poll watchers, were trained in de-escalation techniques. And I'm like immediately thinking brown shirts, but uh, it says here they the election day, they surrounded lines of voters in urban areas with a joy to the polls effort that turned the act of casting a ballot into a street party. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm sure it did. And then later here, they're saying activists began preparing to reprise the demonstrations if Trump tried to steal the election. So basically create the organization, they'll start out good. And then we've got the people in the network to turn them against when we know Trump calls us out for the fraud that we're engaging in here. Americans plan widespread protests if Trump interferes with uh, the election. So that's exactly what those people were. That's part of the section I didn't completely get to read, but you know, here we've got counting irregularities, all of this stuff. Like we've been through this folks. This was not free and fair. You can't, you couldn't even see what the fuck they were looking at to verify anything because they put them behind barricades 20 to a couple hundred feet away. You can't see what's on the paper. They turned their computer screens to where you couldn't see what they were doing. We saw them passing USB uh, drives surreptitiously. We had the conversation with the election director in Atlanta where they kicked everybody out and then started recounting votes. Remember that one? Covered that. The evidence is there. It's in your face. You have to be a complete moron to look at that kind of evidence and say, yeah, no, there was nothing irregular here. Sorry, but that's just, that's reality. There's, this is undeniable. Okay, I think there's one more, a couple more sections down here. There was at least one milestone on Podhoser's mind. January 6th, on the day Congress would meet to tally the electoral count. Trump summoned his supporters to D.C. for a rally. Much to their surprise, the thousands who answered his call were met by virtually no counter demonstrations or demonstrators. Uh huh. That's because the counter demonstrators were pretending to be Trump supporters and breaking into the fucking Capitol, you tool, you fucking bell end. To preserve safety and ensure they couldn't be blamed for any mayhem, the activist left was, quote, strenuously discouraging counteractivity. Podhoser texted me in the morning of January 6th with a fingers crossed emoji. <laughs> Trump ad- addressed the crowd that afternoon, peddling the lie that lawmakers or Vice President Mike Pence could reject states' electoral votes. Nope, he absolutely could do that. He didn't. He wrote a letter about why he didn't. And the basis for his decision, which I largely uh, agree with, he told them to go to the Capitol. This is Trump told them to go to the Capitol and fight like hell. Then he returned to the White House as they sacked the building. It's like, oh, fuck off with this. The people were already there sacking the building an hour before he told them to go peaceably to the Capitol and make your voices heard. That was the actual quote, but they were already there trying to go after the building. Then you have the police letting them in. You have uh, the bureaucrats there, the politicians, not letting uh, them bring in any additional backup. You have Trump actually sending in reinforcements in the middle of this to get it stopped and under control. 
And of course, they knew this whole thing was coming and just used it to go in there and steal the laptops, which still hasn't turned up, right? Pelosi, where's my laptop? Oh, this is, yeah. Come on, folks. You're telling me there's nothing to any of this. It was his final attack on democracy, and once again, it failed. By standing down, the democracy campaigners uh, outfoxed their foes. Actually, you know, I think that's what Trump did because they wanted Trump supporters to, you know, riot and destroy the building and push the, so they could push the insurrection narrative. When the reality was the Trump supporters were stopping the Antifa, uh, uh, what are they called, instigators from breaking windows and attacking people and so forth. That's the reality. And then when the, after the 20th, they wanted, you know, people to come out, Trump supporters to come out and riot and this and that so that they could have an excuse to bring in more controls and push their narrative further. But it didn't work. It blew up in their face. The opposite is actually what's happening here. Well, we won by the skin of our teeth, honestly, and that's an important point for folks to sit with, (laughs) says the Democracy Defense Coalition's peoples. Quote, there's an impulse for some to say voters decided and democracy won. The fuck it did. Uh, But it's a mistake to think that this election cycle was a show of strength for democracy. It shows how vulnerable democracy is. Yes, it is. To your manipulation and disenfranchising of people's votes. And it's not even yours. It's like foreign governments here trying to collapse society so that they can become the superpower for the next 200 years. Like, open your eyes, people. That's what's happening here. Okay. Let's see. I think we'll see if this one's going to play. Um, I haven't gone through to time code this. I've had time to watch it once, but I watched it in full. And it, I think he did a very good job with this. You know, had professional production done, spent some money on this to get, you know, good good quality audio, pretty decent production on a on a set somewhere. So it came out nice and he made a few mistakes in here. And that's one of the things this uh, fact check article, it takes four claims and debunks them. And some of them, you know, are valid points a lot of, but there's so much more than that that was brought up. And like this, this fact checking article, like fails to address some of the best evidence and, and things. And instead like, goes after the, oh, I gotcha, you said that wrong kind of thing. So, okay, let's see. Uh, Hello. As you all know, I have been attacked the last... Oh, come on, please. Please play. I'm thinking about getting the sheets because I I have some real thin ones. And supposedly his are really good. So I might, if you you can use Q as an order code and it'll give you whatever the discount is. And they're supposedly, people really love them. So I've got great pillows though. So no pillows, pillow guy. 
All right. Everyone knows the president called the Secretary of State in Georgia, and on that call, he, he said he was listing these to the Secretary of State. He said, okay, you have felons with incomplete sentences that voted and cast. Okay, and I'm glad we caught this one because this is one of the things the fact check article references here. And um, I think it's this third one here. Yeah. So claim three on the call, he was listening to the secretary of state. He said, okay, you have these felons exactly what we just heard. Uh, underage children who are registered to vote and illegally voted 66,247 unregistered voted voters who voted Lindell said. So at the core of the issue, and he goes through to debunk it. Uh, let me see. Georgia secretary's office. So yeah, they're talking about the call. So on the call, they're like, no, no, these are explained. And they had answers, I think, for most of them. Um, and it's centered around the fact that uh, Trump and team were using the best data that they had available to them. Uh, the state had better data. The state refused to provide that data and claimed, oh, well, it's illegal for us to give you that data. Uh, so, you know... Who's at fault here? The Trump team using the best data the government says they can provide or the Secretary of State for not allowing some kind of open and transparent process to uh, address this by providing the data or anonymize, you know, whatever they needed to do, <clears throat> they didn't. And this was the reason for the lawsuit in the first place as well, is they were suing to get that better data as part of you know, everything that they were requesting. Okay. That's their vote, 2,560. Underage children that registered to vote and illegally voted, 66,247. Unregistered voted who, voters who... I don't know how much he goes through. Underage that voted and you're dead people and we win. It didn't make sense. You say Yeah, you guys are right. That is a very nice mustache that he's got going on there. How about this? This this line here, this people who failed to register, forty thousand. Okay. He brings can in these us? various guests. I want to see if I can find you the next guy here. It'll take us just a minute for it to look. Foreign countries, China being the predominant one. Yeah, this was excellent discussion. I highly and, recommend uh, through, through. that you guys go watch this in its entirety. Um, it's almost two hours. Most of my shows are two hours, so y'all like long content, obviously. But this is worth watching, and especially the if you if you don't want to watch that much of this because you've been beat to de death with it and you already know it. Like I was still surprised by <clears throat> a lot of the stuff that I saw in this documentary. So, you know, I've seen various bits of evidence from all these state hearings that we covered and so forth. There was still, there was like a level above with what he put together here uh, of my previous understanding. So I was surprised that I learned several things from watching this. Okay, it's probably queued up enough here. Pakistani ISI proxies. It, did you find it very frustrating not being able to get, get all this information out to the public? Yeah, it, 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 it's very frustrating. Uh, the fact that, uh, you know, everyone says, that, well, there was all these court cases and uh, all the court cases were lost. Well, that's a lie. I mean, we've got statistics on how many court cases were open, how many were dismissed for, uh, you know, for 
standing or procedural, but there, there's only, to my knowledge, two cases, one in Michigan and, and one in Georgia, where evidence has been heard. And those cases are progressing uh, forward. Uh, uh, okay, so here he's talking about, you know, there are cases still going on, which is what I said in the last video, <clears throat> which hasn't gotten me banned from YouTube yet, surprised, but it's fact, right? The Senate in Arizona has heard and seen uh, preliminary evidence and they've issued a subpoena and they're per pressing forward uh, with a full forensic audit uh, in Arizona. And that, that could be forthcoming as early as, uh, you know, this, this coming week. Right. So it's, it's, it is complex and it's hard for people to understand. And if it's hard to understand, people just dismiss it as, uh, you know, right. conspiracy theory right. where it's, it's cyber warfare and unconventional asymmetric warfare conducted right. by a peer threat nation state against the United States government critical infrastructure. The whole country seen when they, you know, when they shut everything down at night, that that was a deviation. You probably expected this, right? We were watching, we found the, the, the foreign servers in Barcelona and the UK and in, and in Frankfurt. Um, we'd seen several, you know, the one in Toronto, obviously with Dominion. So, you know, now I believe this guy that's talking was hooked up with, um, group in Texas that it was uh, investigating the 2016 election and have found and found these appalling security breaches and holes and problems with their platform and on and on. Okay. Oh, 100% proof that the servers are overseas in other people's countries for our election. Yes, we were mapping out the servers before the elections. Uh, we identified the CIDL uh, server in Frankfurt. Uh, down to the street address. Frankfurt has, I think it's it's either the largest or one of the world's largest um, um, server nodes, you know, a, a cyber node, trans right. a communications node. It's called uh, DE, DE for Germany, Nix, DE Nix. Right. And there were several folks watching the, the traffic and the volume of traffic that night, and they noticed a significant spike in traffic that night just due to you know the volume of information going through and one of the reasons that they they said that the, the traffic was going up was due to the u.s elections in your opinion this is an attack by other countries of foreign of foreign countries is what you're saying then yes i i believe from what i've seen in uh, the, the the witnesses that i've talked to that this is a a coup that uh and definitely involve elements inside our own country and in, inside our own federal government um, definitely, uh, definitely part of a coup that was aided and abetted by a foreign threat nation state, a peer enemy nation state, right. China. Do you believe that this attack from other Okay, let's see if we can skip ahead a little bit. I think there's another guy that's connected to uh, the lawmakers. Made, right. uh, especially. He brings in several different guests throughout this thing. We're just going to have to kind of randomly jump around. But again, I think it's worth watching the whole thing. If you, if this is something that really interests you, um, it covers a lot of ground and it does it in a way that's again, uh, like taught not me a few things that I didn't know. Nothing. So we continued to investigate and the more we found, the more horrifying it got. Now, this all was still coming out of Dallas. 
Uh, we tried to uh, get senators to look at this, and we tried to get state officials to look at this, but we continued to work on it on our own. We had no client at all. And eventually, we did get seven members of the Freedom Caucus this last July to take a two-hour briefing without staff. And um, what they saw was absolute proof that this uh, electronic voting system that we have is completely compromised. Uh, It can be completely manipulated. And um, they were horrified. We've all heard that Texas denied these machines. Well, Texas denied Dominion, but Texas uses other voting machines. We use Hard, and we use ES and S in Texas. Right. Same. So why? Same. Which, so why would Texas IP they from these Dominion ones? And in your opinion, um, so, so they must have looked at them and said, "There's something there we don't like." But then they over here with Smartmatic and these other ones, they were okay with that. Why, what would be your opinion of why why one they would deny one machine that because they're afraid of election fraud, and and over here they accepted that one. Um, I think that it sometimes has more to do with politics and influence who gets through and who doesn't okay. than okay. necessarily the machines. Okay. So we finally ended up with some investigators uh, with Ron Johnson's uh, Department of Homeland Security Oversight Group. And Listen they were this. horrified of what we showed them. And they tried to get CISA, which is the Cyber Intelligence Security Administration inside the DHA. That brought us most free and fair and secure elections in American history. Yes, they tried to get CISA to take a look. CISA would not take the briefing. They couldn't <laughs> be less interested. No. Oh, you've got evidence that uh, the voting systems that we're using are completely fraudulent. I'm sorry, uh, we're busy. We're busy this month. Next, we're busy next month too. We're all year booked. We don't have time to look into something. What do you think? We're here to ensure that that these elections are the most free and fair ever. So we didn't quite know what to do. We were beginning to find some media people who wanted to start talking about this, and they became appalled. But the break really came in early August when we got some DHS people in Austin with the INA division, the Intelligence and Analysis division down there, to take a look at what we had. And that's the division that used to have voter integrity before it was handed to CISA. So they looked at it, and they were horrified, and they sent a whole team to our uh, shop. We spent 11 hours with them. They asked us if uh, we would give them their our data, we said, of course. And uh, so we gave them all our data. They took it back to Austin and unknown to us, they gave it to three private cyber uh, groups that they use and said, hey, are these guys crazy? I mean, is this nuts or is this, is there something here? Well, all three groups looked at it and all three groups came back. Not only is, is it right, it's horrifying. Okay, I wanna ask you there, when you say horrified, can you explain to uh, Everybody watching this right now, what what horrified you? Was it the fact they could go online? Well, there's no effective security at all for your votes. Your votes are stored overseas where they can be easily... Wait a minute, wait a minute. they're stored overseas? No. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, and this is where the whole narrative falls apart, right? Because it's against the law for these machines to be connected to the internet in the first place. So, like, how did they... 
have votes being stored overseas if these machines aren't connected. The, the whole thing just, it's so obviously uh, flawed from a security perspective. It's so obviously flawed and, and obvious that these machines were compromised and we're going to see the killer evidence here in a little bit. It, it's, it just amazes me that uh, it just amazes me what's happening and what how propagandized these people have been and like they buy this. It's so it seems like anybody with half a brain could look at this and say, yeah, no, we're not being told the, the real story here. But that's not what's happening, is it? 20, 27 states use what's called clarity cital election night reporting, and those servers are overseas. They have what are called S3 bucket vulnerabilities, and people can get in and change the votes there, and then they can load them all the way back down to the county level here in this country because CIDL, uh gets all the credentials from every single county server here. And so they can get into every single county server and change the votes here from overseas. It's wow. crazy. So, so, <laughs> and you also had another one of his guests on here talking about how uh, a county had the wrong precinct loaded onto their machines. They called Dominion. Dominion did a software update remotely over the internet that's not connected, right? Because that would be against the law. And when you have observers and they're asking are these machines connected to the internet can you show me the uh the internet icon on your desktop there they're like literally covering it up so you can't see because you know that's how you do fairness and transparency in elections you obscure things from observers and you lie to them and you can obviously see the lights are blinking on the router the router's plugged into the wall over here to the internet jack on the wall I mean, ugh. so everything that uh, everybody's been talking about out there that they've tried to suppress saying that they it, we, we heard that machines weren't even online. Uh, and you're saying that 27 states use this and the servers are overseas. So these can go over there and they can change the vote to anything they want and send it back cyberly by Correct. cyber. Correct. Wow. So um, they became, uh, the DHS people in Austin realized what we were telling them was correct. They became horrified, and they began to try to have a series of classified briefings within their own group in order to push this uh, up, up the chain. Listen and they got about one or two levels up, and then they met a solid wall of resistance that basically said, leave it alone, don't pursue it. Wow. And what do you what do you think being now? Now we're, we're here. So high levels in the government. Think about all the things we've been talking about, all the people compromised by blackmail involving pedophilia and, and God knows what else. And it just hit a stone wall. Nope, not allowed to look at that. These are the most free and fair elections in history. Everything is great. We don't need to see your evidence of fraud validated by your experts. 
I mean, it's it's stunning that America is so captured and controlled by propaganda that probably 90% of the people, 9 out of 10 people, have no idea about any of this. Zero. Makes them dangerous. You know, in the Matrix, you've got Neo, remember the woman in the red dress? And he checks her out. And then he looks back and she's an agent, a smith coming after him. And the whole point of that was to point out that everybody in here, while they're asleep and unaware that they're captured, <clears throat> they're being used as fuel right now. And they're part of a system that has program them to believe in a reality that's in fact non-existent they are still your enemy in a way or at least that's how they were portrayed in the movie and it's making a fair point right this gets back to the whole slave on slave violence that i think we talked about last night it's the same concept it's the same concept as humans we want to be right we go around telling people stuff like, oh, Trump's just trying to disenfranchise black people or Trump's a b orange man bad, whatever. And we buy into that. It becomes part of who we are. And of course, if we're wrong about that, it means we've been going around telling lies to all these people. So we better not be wrong. I will defend it blindly to be right. And that's how this kind of comes about, how this environment comes about. Telling the facts on the show here, but in your mind, why would they do that? What, this is just uh, subjectively, why would, they, why, would you, why would they do that in your mind? I don't know, Mike. You can't explain it. I mean, this is, okay. So, so then, so take us from there. So this is like, uh, and they're what, under what, blackmail. What, approximately and they have when no was choice. that when it, when it got stopped? That was uh, September. We're talking about people who are killing Supreme Court justices to get them out of the way. Talking about people who are sending people to rough up Seth, Seth Rich. It goes wrong. They kill him. And then they go and kill these two MS-13 gang members with their service weapon and report a burglary, you know, break their own window on their company FBI SUV to steal the, the assault rifle out so they can go kill a couple gang members with it. <laughs> That's how corrupt and how out of control these people are, and they're getting away with it. That's what should be so eye-opening to all of you. Oh, get yeah. close to the election, okay? Close to the election. So what actually happened in this election, this stolen election, we already knew it was going to happen. We already had seen it. We knew it was all possible. We knew it was all out there. Now, From we didn't know how many foreign servers, you know, before we, and that's exactly what we saw happen. Wow. And we developed huge tons of, of absolute proof on this, but no court case was ever allowed uh, ever allowed it to be presented. So that no, sort of gave fodder to this media myth that it didn't exist. But it does exist. It's out there. It's unbelievable. It's massive.
Wow, did and, everybody hear that? Um, the judge allowed some limited discovery. What came out of that was appalling enough that he uh, allowed further discovery. And then, of course, that report went national because what we found was so um, horrifying. Right. For and that's the votes that were flipped for for Trump. Like, I, I think we covered one that was 6,000. There's others that were smaller, but that's one county in one of these swing states. And that's the only one that they looked at. Like that should trigger an immediate statewide audit of every county and every machine. When they did audit some of the machines, they found that the logs and the uh, program code was deleted, but the logs were still there for, from 2018, 2016, 2014, but 2020, no, those were deleted. And deleted, I think, shortly after the court order requiring them to hand the, the machines over for audit. It's just so in your face. Everybody out there, what we've all heard this Antrim County in Michigan and in this show here, we've, you know, you've, you've seen. That is correct. Okay, uh, can, I, can I ask you this? So what you've seen there is exactly what you knew was going to happen. And now... Were you able to look at other places? What was different about Antrim County? Now, the, what we all heard was you were able good. to get into the, you know, the forensics of it and see all this. Were you able? Have you been able to do that in any other uh, places in the United States since then, or, or you know, since this election ended on um, in November? Actually, uh, on a limited basis, we have been able to go into two other counties. We have not published that information yet, and there are reasons why we aren't publishing that information right now, uh, but both of them have not only confirmed, they have confirmed that it's even worse than in Antrim. Um, okay, did everybody hear that? What we have So now that they've looked in two more, the others are even worse, and, and all the fingerprints are there. It's... Again, it's beyond obvious what happened here. But yet, we have, they have propagandized media, social media, that can control the narrative and push out dissenting voices. And they planned that from before the election. Like, that was the whole goal of all that stuff that they did. Hmm. Oh, okay. Sorry. I was looking at my camera for a minute. I thought one of the monitors had drifted over. Sometimes they do that. Okay. Uh, let's skip forward. So he brings in the girl. I think she's up next who uh, was the IT worker. Um, now she went to the hearing with Giuliani and I think she was drunk. Uh, <laughs> the whole uh, why did you do something to it? That whole interaction, I think. Oh no, she brings in this guy. He brings in this guy. She's next. Um, yeah, let's listen to a little bit. Who hated here. Trump ran a no-name out there, mm -hmm. who no real lawn signs, no bumper stickers, no right, organization, right, nothing. Right. And we knew on election night 
which was a Republican primary September 1st, 2020, the word landslide is what we heard everywhere. We knew that we had, you were going to win by landslide. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, it was obvious. I mean, we worked. It, I mean, and, and, and I think you said unless there was a election fraud. Which uh, yeah. You, but you probably but thought I, but that's I, just, you know, maybe someone. Put yeah. That I, I, one of my close friends said, Shiva, we're going to win this unless yeah. there's election fraud. And I, I just thought this is just some right. fringe stuff. Right. Right. But so you I weren't thinking about machines. I that. wasn't thinking okay. about machines because right. I didn't know that, you know. Right. You know, from creating email and all these systems, I know the power of machines. Right. Oh, by the way, yeah, he created emails, right? You're, I did. I created creator, email as a creator of email. I just want to tell you, the guy's a genius. So what you're going to hear here, this is what I did my due diligence on. I, you know, this is just first 2020. What we saw was we knew we'd won on a landslide, right. and there we are with our big party set up, and we see the results coming in. Now in Massachusetts, we saw in Franklin County which is 80 to 90% hand-counted paper ballots, mm -hmm. no machines, right. I win by 10%. And in every other county, Mike, 60-40, 60-40, 60-40, That you lost by? I lost by. The exact percentage. Exact percentage by a guy who was in, in, in a, a black county, this guy wins, in a white county, he wins, in a Hispanic county, the guy was nowhere. By the same percentage. But by the same percentage. That's not only a deviation, but it's... Because somebody didn't vary up the ratio enough because they were, that's how one of the ways they were fixing the votes. So it doesn't matter what comes in, we're gonna tally it at this ratio. And it was too obvious back then. Now they've gotten smarter about it. We'll switch this percentage of the votes. It's an anomaly. That's it, it's it's an anomaly. Do you think that's impossible? Or you're like me. Well, actually counted, the paper ballot gets put aside. The machine, the electronic, quote unquote, AI on the machine, actually tries to figure out where the circles are. And right. the machine is counting the ballot image. Right. So at that stamp, at that point, I realized, oh my God, the ballot image is the ballot. Right. The images are the mm -hmm. ballot. So, so I, you were, hold it, you, you were going to get to the bottom of this no matter what. No, I am no, because I, I, I like, like to solve me. I, I want to say something. One thing about Dr. In, in a very interesting, from a marketing standpoint, right. but and I think we both sort of pursue the same aims. Right. But here, right. what we found out was that the first thing that gave me a big insight is that a ballot images are being created. Right. And then I also found out by federal law, in 1974, they passed a law for federal elections. Those ballot images must be saved. So that was one piece of the puzzle, okay? Right. The other piece... And of course, that's normally, that adjudication process, like one less than 1%. In some cases, 96%. piece of the puzzle was, um, I found out that the voting machines, as early as 2002 have a feature in there called a weighted race feature, where it's embedded into the system where you can multiply candidates' votes by a percentage. All right, oh. so what that means is you get 1,000 votes, I get 1,000 votes, right. I can multiply your votes by two. Well, you would use that um, for, um, I mean, that's justifiable, right? Come on, people. My votes by 0.5, and if everyone, anyone. What we're seeing is such bullshit. Here it is in the manual. Here's the frickin' manual talking about weighted votes. Why would you ever have weighted votes? Doesn't believe this, go look up the Diebold voting manual. Go to page 2-126 in the manual, in the 2002 version, right. and you'll see it in there. So did, were you able to casino? So this is Dr. Shiva, anyway. He's done some presentations that y'all try to get me to watch. I've seen part of it, but I never made it all the way through. But he's a very uh, data-driven uh, analysis, the kind of stuff I used to do, uh, approach and puts it together and really shows 
really, I think, does a good job of highlighting some of these fingerprints of the fraud. Every time you roll twice the number of odd as you get even, okay? Right, it's right. unlikely. Should oh, well, let me stop you right there because I want to... All right, let's, we're going to skip forward again. I don't want to drag this out for too long. So, and on the morning uh, of November 4th, they actually contacted the Antrim County clerk and requested that she look into the results because they knew what had been posted on the website could not be true. And through a series of events, people I knew up there. Give it just a sec here to load. Come on. And, and a person named Bill Bailey, who's a, a patriot who lives up in Antrim County um, and who knew there was a problem and wanted to challenge the results, they ended up connecting him to me and I filed a lawsuit. But what's important is in, in five... So this is one of the lawsuits that's being attributed to Trump that Trump didn't really have anything to do with it. This is the kind of thing that goes on, right? Or that went on around the country. Filing this lawsuit... Uh, we weren't seeking publicity. We weren't seeking fame. We just wanted to get results. Uh, we filed in, uh, the name in, in the name of a patriot named Bill Bailey, and we challenged down-ballot school board elections. That's what he was most interested in, in, in learning about school board elections. Uh, of course, he was obviously also interested in other aspects of the election, what happened in the presidential election, and how did things flip. Uh, but primarily, we, the, the case centered on local politics and if you look at certain t uh, townships like chestonia township okay uh, joe biden got 197 votes uh on november 3rd right right um in reality he only got 93. how do you know that that they only got 93. there's since been a hand recount a done. hand recount so when did they do that uh, they did a hand recount on November 21st and then again on December 17th. Right, right. Okay. Uh, on December 17th, actually, they told us they were going to do a full audit of the county. The right. Secretary of State right. did. But in, in reality, they only did a hand recount again. Okay. Um, so, so on the recounts, we had 197. And then over here, Donald Trump had three. So then when you, the real numbers were 93 and 197. Is that correct? That's correct. So you can see Joe Biden Oops. on election night got 197. Right. Right. He got Donald Trump's 197 right. votes. They've, right. So we can know. We know that that was a. This a, is a hundred percent fact here. Hundred percent factual. So, anyway, yeah, there, there's just so much evidence. I don't know if that may be one of the ones. Let's go see if the fact check because I think that hundred percent fact thing was showed that he had deleted the ballot images. Okay, so this is from Dr. Shiva. Let's see. Uh, during his appearance, um, the machine is counting the ballot image. Deborah O'Malley, spokesperson for the Massachusetts Secretary of State, told the AP no Senate ballots had been destroyed and that the ballots, what about the ballot images? That's what they're talking about, are still under seal in each of the 351 local election offices. Well, they're required to keep the ballot images as well. That's what he was, the point that he was making. So this is like, again, you're debunking what was not stated. Like you've, you've changed it. This is why this stuff is so infuriating.
all records and papers which come into his possession. Okay, what about documents like digital images and registrations, poll tax, and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. So much of this stuff is just crap. Okay. Let's go. Oh, wait, wait. No, go back here. Let's jump ahead and see. I might have missed the drunk girl. Let's go to what's called adjudication. Right. Adjudication is a process where someone else, other than the voter, is able to look at that ballot on a right. screen and determine the voter's intent and vote that ballot for the voter. Right. And, and we showed you like a demo on one of these machines where that was done. Okay, and then we've got poll watchers who did manage to capture things like that going on. Uh, and it was, but typically that was off in a separate room. We don't even know where it happened. We saw people doing all kinds of questionable things with the computers where they were allowed to see. And then they fixed that in future uh, recounts by putting the people further back on the other side of the computer, making up all sorts of bullshit excuses. You can't get within six feet of me because of COVID. Well, no, that's if you're not wearing a mask. If you're wearing a mask, you're still supposed to be good. But again, that was just an excuse to push their agenda. And in, with adjudication in the way the Dominion system works, you can accumulate over the night a number of ballots. Yeah, I, but what I can tell you, what's interesting is the 2020 system log files are missing. But the they thing. are present for 2018 and 2016. This happened at 11.03 p.m. on November 4th. What happened on November 4th, the day after the election, right. is that... So that's where they wow. deleted and the you logs. Ask yourself, why did so many elected officials in Michigan refuse to look at the evidence that was presented they, to them. They did it out of fear. Or time and time again say mm -hmm. that they haven't seen any evidence right. of mm -hmm. voter fraud right. or vote interference. Right. And you combine that with what we've now learned about the interview Dana... Because so many of these people are captured. And like they know if they go against the narrative... The, the system will attack them just like it's doing to the pillow guy who's being uh, kicked out of various stores. I think Bed Bath & Beyond kicked his products out. They carried his, his stuff. Uh, th that's what happens. Remember the lawyer who got kicked out the law? She resigned. They basically told her you have to resign, and she did. Again and again and again, that's what's happening over and over. Nestle gave right. on November 21st telling elected officials they'd be charged criminally. Right. And I say this right now, everything that Dana Nestle has done in terms of threatening me and threatening state legislatures violates the Michigan rules of professional conduct and she should resign immediately. 
It demonstrates that she's not fit for office. Well, there's many like her. Okay, I want to see if I can find the graph now. That's We might have skipped past it, but I think it's kind of right here at the end. The ID target, yes. that is a unique address of another computer in the United States that the hacker has gone into. And then it shows the method of intrusion. Now, on some cases... Okay, so these are all... This is a spreadsheet that we're looking at that shows source and target IP addresses, locations, uh, unique identifiers, whether they broke in with fake credentials or they just cracked the firewall or both, um, whether they, they were successful, a log file trace was done, were votes changed, and it shows down the list over and over that votes were changed for Trump and, and it was taking votes away from him. And they've got pages and pages of this and they mapped it. This is the cool thing. There's timing, timestamps and so forth. I think they had to have been monitoring the network live to get this data. As you're going to see that they use credentials. That means that they have fake credentials because there were administrators that had been placed on the Secretary of State's computers. Uh, false administrators. In other cases, it shows that they broke through the firewall. In some cases, they did both. Now, in the next column, it shows whether it was successful. You'll see a Y that shows that yes, it was successful. Now, oftentimes they're not successful and they have to go back and try for another intrusion and then it shows whether that's in fact successful as well. Then in the final column, what you're seeing are votes changed. Now, in this particular case, when they went into Emmett County, Michigan, the votes that were changed was they stole 3,477 votes from Donald Trump. Somebody's saying Dominion login password is admin, admin123. If that's true, if they set a default password and didn't force county officials or whatever to change it, oh, holy crap, are you kidding me? And these things were on the internet? That's what you're looking at. Now, as you go through this document and you look at all the multiple uh, intrusions into our election, what what you'll notice that over 60% of these intrusions Mary come from China. So, so she's um, got some kind of organization <clears throat> that looks at this kind of election fraud. And she's the one on the phone that has collected all this data. She's not. I don't recall her saying where she got this from, um, but just the nature of this and the timing and so forth. I, I think this is more than you would get perhaps out of a log file. And I think they had people watching real time. And this is kind of the first leak of, of more to come, I suspect, uh, being put forth here. That is and remember him meeting with uh, Mike before, do you think it was related to this? Maybe. Think he got marching orders to go create this? Maybe. Is over 66% is what the number is. Over 66% of the intrusions into our election came from China. Why is this important? Well, uh, some things were set in place, including 
some of the changes that took place in this country, particularly when we had the Wuhan virus or the COVID-19 virus hit this country. And we have a video. Well, first, Mike, do you have any questions about this chart and what it is showing? Yeah. Um, so what so what you have here is that what each one of these is its own timestamp that is 100 percent proof because you have that not only where it came from, you have it's basically you have their identification, you have that um, you know, who they were attacking, their identification. Um, this is what everybody would want. If you ever looked in and did an auditor. I think you need more uh, than you need to know the methods that they use because these servers could be proxies uh, for attackers trying to make it look like China, but it's really the United Kingdom, let's say. I don't know. But again, it comes down to how did they determine that these are the actual endpoints? It would be the question that I would have as somebody who's worked in, you know, has a pretty decent understanding of computer networks. Wanted to look into a computer and look what went on in cyberspace. This is what you'd be looking for, correct? This is forensic evidence of foreign footprints as I entered our election in a cyber warfare attack on our election. And then it shows exactly what they, you know, where did they come from, which computer exactly, exactly the timestamp, exactly which computer they entered into, uh, in, in, in what state, which county. Uh, the, the ID, the unique ID of the computer that they entered into, and then it shows how they entered using false credentials or breaking through the firewall or both. Wow. Were they successful the first time, the second time? And then it shows the votes that they stole from Donald Trump. Right. This is proof positive. This is documentation of a cyber attack, but it also is documentation of the footprints of those who entered our election. Right. Right, and look at if everybody notices okay. here. Every from UCloud, from China Mobile, Titong, you know, this also came and uh, from Iran as well. Right. There, the, but this is the foreign intrusion. This is the theft of our vote, but it also is documenting exactly the votes, the vote totals that were stolen from Donald Trump. Right, and this what is- What we have heard- Well, this is what I've been telling everyone. This is where you got, if you add these numbers up, when I, when I said, and I actually told the president uh, when I met with them, I said, you know, you actually won this election by almost 80 million votes for you, for Donald Trump, to about 68 million for Biden. And that's not counting all the other. Okay, let's see if we can find the map here. And then we're going to wrap up. I might take a, just a couple questions. Well, this is already. Build some of these. Uh tools okay. that were built to so the podcast audience can't won't be able to see this but it's uh it's like a google map and it's showing these pinpoints showing up with uh lines connecting them source to target right based on basically they took that spreadsheet fed it into this graphing tool and they're showing like a real-time playback of all these connections and the red ones are more severe than the uh, I guess the white one, they're color-coded based on severity. Uh, the dash lines mean something else. I think state actors or something like that. Uh, so there's just, there was a lot. And it, it, it's all laid out in the these um, spreadsheets. I don't know where the source data is. Somebody was asking. I, I don't see it. I haven't seen it listed anywhere yet. It might be out in the wild. It might not be yet for some reason. I don't know. But that's something... 
I think should be out there. To keep this country safe. But what you're watching is that every line on that drawing, all those moving lines, they represent the IP addresses of what I just showed you on the chart. So, so when you understand the hacker's IP address and the IP address of the target and the votes that were stolen, every one of those lines that you're watching move across the chart and showing whether they were successful and, and how many votes they stole, that documents that. Uh, every red line, as they turn red, as they finish um, stealing the vote, basically, the red lines are all China. So what you're seeing are the actual files being received and sent. That's, that's a documentation of the real-time theft of our elections. Wow. So every, yeah. every line on the map, wow there's right. a co corresponding line on the sheet. And the color and the line types represent the severity of the attack. That's what it was. Now, red has been the most severe attacks. Those lines are all coming out of China. Those are the most severe attacks on our election system. And then right there, it kind of zooms in and it shows you like they're, this is not going to one place in the state. They're hitting literally every one of these precincts. This was coordinated. This was well thought out, well funded, well supported attack to compromise the elections. Wow. Now this is a, this exact information, the same exact type of information, I should say, was presented to FBI Director, former FBI this. Director James Comey, by a whistleblower in 2015. They knew, uh, in fact, that our election machines were open. And of course, the, 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 the attacks are also just happen to be centered like 90% around these swing states. And, you know, there's some going to attacks going to California and that sort of thing, but Georgia, Michigan, these key swing states are where the focus was because they knew. Open for hacking. It's important to understand that there are prismatic scoring algorithms that they knew about that enter the election and they this steal is Comey the, and the FBI at the transfer points. So at the point where the election, the vote is leaving the Secretary of State's office and these machines, that is the point at which the vote is stolen at the transfer points. That's what you're watching. Those packets moving is 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 that's real time documentation of the theft of the vote from inside this country and then the numbers the last column those document exactly the numbers of votes it shows wow in some of the cases antrim county where the vote was stolen and exactly the vote stolen at, at the exact time stamp of when they were stolen right. and the numbers stolen and that would explain the news we're seeing the the votes being flipped And if they've literally got IP traces of all of these packets, and that's what they, that's the analysis that they've done to prove this, this is slam dunk. Especially if they documented, here we're watching the election, here's what we've set up, you know, video recorded themselves doing the whole thing. This is slam dunk. At that point. So Mary, so what you're seeing, Hal, is, uh, and this is what, 
But I already know, and, but I actually I'm learning a lot here as we go. Um, what too. you're saying, every one of these lines, let's say we did take Antrim County and we took that, we could pull out the timestamps for that county and we could show the lines, the country that did it, we could show a line for every single hack or attack that we had in this election. I think you could, what she's, what it sounds like, you could literally play back the, uh, the IP trace and show in real time those packets actually changing the numbers. Wow. That's right. Wow. So what you're watching is those objects moving are the actual files right. that are being received and sent. These are the but these are the those... squares here that are that are being sent. So everybody out there and then you got to ask the question how did they get this? How do they know this? How can you capture data, random internet traffic coming in from all over the world, going to multiple parts of the world, if you're just a small three-person investigative team? I, I don't think that's where this came from. I think this came from somebody in the NSA or somebody in military intelligence that knew this was all coming because they had received an executive order requiring them to do a report on the election security, which was done. And they, you know, looked at what happened in 2016, devised a plan to monitor for this kind of thing. And we're starting to see the fruits of their effort. And remember, the DNI's report, all we saw was that little summary to say it was delivered. We never saw what was in the report. We don't know. It's still classified. But there's nothing to see here. Biden is our president. He got on an airplane that doesn't really look like Air Force One. It's painted the same one, but it's not even the right plane. There's two of them, though. I don't know. So it could be that's the backup plane or whatever but it was completely different and we're just being fed this constant barrage of theater and propaganda and uh, right speak. What you're looking at, I mean, this is the proof for every single vote, every single attack and whether it was successful or not. Look at right now, we got up on the screen. Georgia is just getting attacked. It was just getting attacked up here at that moment in time. Okay, I think that's about it. Our so focus, I could not understand was that the legislatures, the judicial and the executive, meaning the FBI, the Department of Justice, the intelligence community, have failed us with deep staters. They did not report this. This was the most massive cyber warfare attack. So did Cyber Command, did the National Security Agency, did the CIA, did the Department of Justice, the FBI report this? No. Well, General, to, to, to put this in perspective then, you're 100% that this was the biggest cyber attack in the world, in world history, correct? That's correct. Wow. Well, thank you. And uh, we're going to.
<laughs> I like Mike. He seems like a nice guy. I'm Supreme Court justices out there now watching this show and saying, wow, 100% this was an attack and we are still under attack by other countries, including China, leading the way. And they're, they, you know, they fraudulently stole our election and we have to, uh, I, and, and then to see that how this could happen with the FBI and the DOJ, these people that were supposed to protect our country, including the Supreme Court. If you were still in the FBI, I guess what would you, what would you be doing right now when you just see all this 100% proof here that this happened? Uh, well, if you in the FBI now, what you know, if they're out there, shouldn't they be doing something now that this is all out in the open? We we, we would be launching a major investigation of cyber activities. Uh, these uh, attacks. Anyway, that's enough. Um, go and watch this. Like, take the time. At least, at least the last quarter or third, I would say. Um, but again, I I learned stuff all the way through this thing. So if this is something that interests you, I think you should definitely watch this, share this, get other people to watch it. It's well put together. It's well documented. It's not perfect. Let them know they got a few things wrong. Like, you know, with the, the woman where he claimed she was walking up and down for hours at this uh, center where they were tabulating the votes and 100% of the votes were for Biden. She's talking specifically about these certain batches and that Mike got that confused. You know, he's doing all this stuff. But I, I talked about in previous shows, the founding fathers and how a lot of them, like they lost their families, their wives ended up killed, their farms were burned, their properties ransacked, uh, you know, all kinds of things. And that's exactly what's happening to Mike. Like they're going after him. They're kicking him out of stores. They're trying to, they're, Twitter's deep platform, not just him, but my pillow as well, which, uh, okay. Why exactly? And it's because he's an enemy of the system. And just like those guys, he's willing to risk, you know, a pretty comfortable plush lifestyle flying around in his private jet, you know, living in his mansion, driving whatever car he wants. And he's, he's willing to risk all of that to speak what he thinks is the truth and do the best job that he can. And by the way, spending his own money to, to air this, to publish it and so forth. And he's like, could lose it all as a result. So these are the real heroes, in my opinion. People that do this right here. So, all right. I think that's good. I think we've covered it. Uh, you guys ask your questions. I'm going to have a browse here through Ezra's tweets while those come in. But yeah, I think you should definitely share that. Uh, we watched it off of uh, michaeljlindell.com. And I'm going to put the link here into the chat for those of you that can see it. If you want to bring it up. It's uh, Michael J. Lindell, L-I-N-D-E-L-L dot com. If you want to go find that. Okay. Let's see here. 
Jim Hoft, I guess his account was suspended. I don't know who that is. Oh, this was interesting. So here's a, a Q drop that he's pointing to. Don't know about the silver short squeeze. We'll come back to that. Uh, but uh, this is from February 20th, 2019. He's saying, uh, but you knew that already. Hence why AS, SDNY, MW are attempting to keep the insurance scheme going on post Mueller. Adam Schiff, I think, Southern District of New York, and MW, I don't remember, don't know who that is. Um, fear. The fun begins directly after. We'll make the Super Bowl show look like a puppy show. Q. Now, if you scroll over here, you see Hardball. CNN reports on First Dog News confirms Biden pets will appear before Puppy Bowl. thought that was rather interesting. People are like, oh, you're just connecting meaningless dots. But I, I, mm, yeah, I don't know. That seems pretty uh, non-coincidental. I don't even know what this is. In several months, England has become an immense arsenal in preparation for D-Day. Churchill oh. is still just as cagey about landings, but this time... Yeah, card. this is about the the inflatable tanks the and buildings and stuff that they used to put up to Code attract bombs and, and, you know, just to Mr. waste the enemy's ammunition kind of thing. Inflatable vehicles of all types are deployed near Dover to make it look like a landing in the Pas-de-Calais. <laughs> Full decoy divisions made out of rubber are placed in the fields. Hitler had leaked false intelligence to the Allied nations about his military might in the 1930s. Well, he's going So, sure, expend all your munitions on these dummy targets and uh, we'll be good. CENTCOM has a pre-game message before the show. I don't remember the military ever making, making the Super Bowl a big deal in the past. Boy, I I don't want to hang my hat on a, another date because you know what? It could go off and that's another nothing burger. But what a great platform to reach the normies, right? Who knows? I, it's probably not, nothing's going to happen, but I don't know. Okay, let's see. Uh, the silver short squeeze probably, I, I don't know, timing. I mean, I would say, I mean, it could happen fast, but probably months. You've got to, the supply has to really run out and like hit the skids. And then the paper market crashes as a result because uh, the industrial market moves to the paper market to take physical delivery and physical, the COMEX fails to deliver physical. And, and they're capitalized 50%. That's something I need to understand more of how JP Morgan own, owns that silver. Um, if they're trading options on it and people start demanding physical, does it come out of there? Uh, so, okay. Has the Pope been seen yet? I don't know. Uh, 
why did no one, no congressman, hold their seat during the demonstration? Uh, like, why did they hide? I don't, I don't know. Have to ask them. Did anyone notice when that General Flynn was asked if the Insurrection Act was signed, there was a large pause message. When other questions asked, he answered in a normal time, disproving time lag on the transmission. I would have to go back and listen again, but that's an interesting point to consider. Uh, You get the chance to learn every secret the government has or XRP to 589. Every secret, secret the government has because that's worth more than... I would say you could sell that to anybody, your private industry. And they've got some good secrets. <laughs> free energy would, if you could create free energy, uh, yeah, I mean, you'd be able to charge any price for it, right? It will transform the world when that comes out. Okay, Super Bowl drop, the world is watching. Yeah, game over. That's right, we've got all the game stop, game over. Who could be, could be, but again, I'm not going to get too excited about it. Is there any military action going to happen soon? I think it is happening in D.C. Have you seen the place? I don't know the timeline, guys. You can ask me all you want, like every fucking show like y'all do. I don't know the timeline. I'm not in on the plan. I keep saying that and y'all keep asking like I'm going to somehow be included magically. I'm not. I don't know when this is going to unfold. Oh, man, that is someone's asking me between Jenna Jameson and Carmen Electra in their prime. Carmen Electra was in her prime when I was pretty young and she was like super hot back then. But then again, so is Jenna Jameson. But. Oof. I probably go Carmen Electra. (laughs) But Jenna Jameson, mm, I don't know. I have to go back. Had to do some research on that. <laughs> All right. Uh, what is the blackmail video on YouTube that you've been recommending us to watch? Oh, man. Um, you'd have to go back to that show. I think I put the link in the description. I don't remember it offhand. I'd have to go and look it up. Um, sorry, that's the best I can do. But it was, uh, God, I don't even remember when we covered it. I think it was a couple weeks ago. But it was it should be in that description or you or I definitely talk about it and show you the link in the show. So sorry, let's switch over to here. Okay. You said to remind oh yeah. Tender. Um so I matched with some girl today and like wrote her. She had nothing in her profile. And then she um really didn't have much to say. So I'm like, uh, what do you do? She, she writes software for, uh, restaurants. And and so the next question I ask is, well, what do you do with your free time during all this COVID stuff? And she says, oh, I'm day trading stocks. So then I ask, I, you know, talk about crypto a little bit and how I think it's better than stocks and how the fed money and y'all know what I do basically. She's like, it'd be great if you talk about something else or something I was interested in. And the conversation went on and on and just devolved into um, me only wanting to talk about one thing. And I'm like, uh, hello, your profile's empty. The one thing, when I asked you, the one thing that you like to do, 
you told me day trade. When I talk about day trading, you're now telling me I don't talk about anything you want to talk about. And I'm like, that that's pretty much my dating experience summed up. <laughs> and then she actually came back with a few more things and it was, it was always cordial, but, um, yeah, yeah. Tender's lots of fun. Okay. I've been waiting for pain arrest for like five years. I'm bored out of my mind. Do you think things will happen soon? Or I look guys, I don't know. I'm not part of the plan. I've given you my timeline. I'm going to like that answer doesn't change from last night or the night before or the night before where I've answered that fucking question over and over and over again. Why do you guys keep asking it? I don't know. If you don't want to pay attention to it, then don't and just go live your life. That's fine too. Like that's allowed, right? But what's happening is either absolutely earth-shattering, life-changing will be talked about for centuries or we're going to a very dark place and things are going to get really bad based on, you know, stuff we've seen and this continued overreach of government. You've got the bureaucracy now writing their own laws. And if that's not important to you, then just ignore it and, you know, take the blue pill, go back, be one of the normies and enjoy life while it lasts because they're closing that paradigm down for most of you, for a lot of you right now. Fed, uh, Fed now to run on Ripple. I just learned about this new Fed product yesterday. Would like to know what your take on it is. Not necessarily. Um, like faster payments is, which I think is Fed now. I'd have to go back and look, but is more about last mile settlement than it is cross border payments. Um, so I don't think XRP has a. I mean, eventually a domestic use case will come about because of its liquidity and uh, like universal adoptant, uh, adaptation or adoption. Um, but I don't think they need to use it necessarily. It's, it's a tool that uh, U.S. banks could use to reach into uh, consumer accounts kind of thing and to, to settle faster with other institutions. And, and it's like, you know, we talked about with the silver short squeeze and or with the GME stocks and how that was really a DTCC T plus two settlement problem. Same kind of thing with uh, Fed now. Can you talk about the Navy UFO patent or direct us towards something? So I covered that in a couple shows back. Uh, best I can say is go back and watch that and look for the website. It usually shows up in the video. Or if you just take the title of the article, search that, plug that into a search engine, you'll find it. <laughs> Sam in on the plan keeps going to the farm. CIA. What? I have no idea what that means. Uh, is the Bible living up to its word in the present day and time? I, which version is my question? Are we going back to the Hebrew Bible that didn't have punctuations and the letters were all numbers? Because that's the original. That's the the most accurate copy. I mean, we don't know who translated what. And 
Then some people came in and changed it and created this new one, new version. Of course, we had books of the Bible that were excluded while others were included, like Ezekiel's wheel. And then the whole tithing 10% of your income, that was something that was added to support the interpreters, the middlemen between you and God. And as Quakers, I have a personal relationship with God. I don't need an interpreter. Someone to tell me God's rules for me. <laughs> so, I, 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 frankly, I, it doesn't really matter to me. Okay. Uh, okay, I, this page wouldn't even load last time. We'll see. Are you putting the show on Rumble? I probably can, yeah. I'll try and get it uploaded. <laughs> Sam, has anything changed since 30 seconds ago? Do you know when things are going to happen? Um, nope, nope. Still same answer. Thanks for asking. <laughs> the Dark Stoa Blackmail Theory. Okay, is that the name of the things? The Dark Stoa Blackmail Theory. That should find it for you. S-T-O-A. Yeah, it was the Stoicism related podcast or something. Uh, okay, do you think there is even a tiny chance Trump would let that stand? I... I'm not a big Trump fan, so I, I, I mean, maybe. I don't know him well enough to answer that, really. My crystal ball is broken. He's not able to predict the future, people. Hillary's emails, Hunter's laptop, Assange, all things that have mysteriously gone silent. Any thoughts? Yeah, like, I, I mean, either a bombshell is about to drop or they get away with this. This whole Q thing is a nothing burger and um, we go down a dark road. That's, that's what I see laid out before us. And I don't know which is which. I don't know when it's going to happen. So there you go. If you take that blue pill, remember what comes next, your anal swab for COVID. Yes, correct. <laughs> Did you have the, uh, did you hear the wine part from General Flynn interview with Doug? If not, I, uh, I posted under the one you posted. Okay, good. I'll take a look at that. I'm assuming you mean on Twitter. Uh, okay. CIA training facility is called the farm. I've heard that, but what were you saying? Uh, I didn't get the context of Sam in on the plan keeps going to the farm. Yeah. I still don't know what you mean there. Exactly. Okay, insert triggered question here. Grabs popcorn to watch the response. See, I'm catching on to you guys trying to ask your fake questions just to trigger me. <laughs> Let me know what your convenience, what UPS PD. Oh, I, I actually, I ordered one. Um, I got a, oh, it's a APC um, 1500 kilovolt. It's got the external battery connector. I'm going to see if I can, yeah, actually, I'll bring it up and just show you guys. I also got my rack in. I just sent, was talking to the audio guy that helps me out and um, given, telling him some things that uh, I want to do. And he's going to make a recommendation for the mixer and so forth. 
And I actually, let me see if I can find it, took a picture of the cabinet. And let me, so I've got now our actual real relay rack. That's the relay rack down here. That was a couple hundred bucks that came in today. And that's why I didn't have as much show prep ready as I wanted because I was building this damn thing. And there's the mixer that I need to replace. And then this up here is the computer sitting right next to it, which I've got to build a stand for. Uh, and I want to make it the same height as the relay rack so that I can slide the mixer over and be able to reach over here and reach it without having to walk off camera. Uh, so anyway, so I got that. And then I got, where is it? Okay eBay keeps wanting to show me related items of this, that, and the other thing. I've had to click four times. Just It's not showing me the freaking listing. There it is. So I got this one right here, which is the, uh, I don't know, SMX 1500. But it has the, that external port is right there, the little blue thing next to the APC fan. It's got three groups that you can set different shutdown times for. Uh, and then I can wire up my own battery. So in, in regards to preparedness as well, it's going to protect the, all the equipment. It's going to keep the show on the air. If there's a, like a 30 or 60 second power outage, cause a tree hits the lines, the lines arc and they, uh, it switches over to battery. So it'll, it'll do that. Um, and I'll also, you know, if I'm off for like 60 seconds, a lot of times the streams will keep going. It'll just try and keep trying to reconnect and I'll have the cameras all powered up and, and those stay on, on battery backup. Cause I'm getting another, uh, you can see here, there's like that, those row of yellow lights. Those are all power switches to turn everything on and off. I ordered a second one of those that was like 60 bucks. And that's going to give me one to plug into mains power and one to plug into battery backup. And then I can move the key things like the cam, the, the USB hubs that power the cameras and uh, one monitor and everything else onto battery backup, but still be able to just switch them off at night because I like to turn everything down and not have to go around and flip a bunch of switches. So anyway, so that's done. That's part of why I got that equipment rack so that this thing can sit in the bottom because it's like 60 pounds and I'm going to get another set of batteries to go on top of it. Uh, and that's all thanks to my patrons that make that possible. So, okay. And that was like, oh gosh, $700 this month in new equipment for the show. I would so much like to be throwing that into crypto, but nope. Uh, okay. Flynn wine concede. All right. Why are they pushing the vaccine? That's a good question. Um, there's a lot of people having like dying from it. I was talking to a friend that's in the medical works in the medical industry in the States. And they were telling me, uh, the hospital administrators, like they know what's up they're 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 well awake and aware of what's going on with this thing and they're afraid like there's this climate of fear is is what they described to me going on 
uh, around this whole COVID thing and they don't want to speak out because look at what happened. We've been covering them for months. Remember all the various doctors and so forth that come out, they get attacked. Uh, they uh, go after their medical license and so forth. And even when the narrative changes, it's like, it's just, it's insane. They've created this climate of fear because again, it goes back to the slave on slave violence concept that I've talked to you guys about. And the fact that the masses are captured by propaganda. So it's not like they even have to go out and organize a bunch of people um, to attack, go and attack Mike Lindell. No, they've captured their minds already. They've limited what's acceptable thought to them. And therefore they've um, guided them down this path to come to this for, uh, foregone conclusion that Lindell is bad and I need to attack them on your behalf because they threaten my values that have been handed to me. Right. And I'm just completely unaware how controlled I am, how captured I am by the propaganda. Uh, so you know, it, there's so much of that going on. I don't even know where else to go with that, but there you go. So anyway, that, uh, this whole thing comes in sometime next week and I'm super excited to get rid of this one down here and that I have a proper equipment rack over there and not a space heater that I converted into a sort of equipment rack that could barely hold the things I was trying to put in it. <laughs> All right. Uh, I held some ADA. Yes, it is doing very well. Uh, I, I've, I like the project. I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a key component in the future financial system, a key blockchain. I think it's one of the better Ethereum off ramps. There's a lot of Ethereum off ramps. Uh, you know, I, I had a couple tweets on Twitter that were related to that. People are trying to get rid of these, trade these ERC 20 tokens, swap them around right now. And they're paying, like $140 for three trades. I, I mean, this would make any of these online brokers that are doing stock market trades, this would be their wet dream to be able to charge those kind of rates. And you have these idiots running around talking, like beating their chest about Ethereum gas prices because, well, it just means it's so that much in demand. It's like, no, it means you're ex excluding all of these transactions and trapping people into these positions that they don't want, but they can't get out of because the fees are so such an ass rape. And like, you, this is what you're bragging about. I'm sorry, what? And your solutions two years away. I'm sorry, what? We've got cross chain swaps coming on multiple platforms. Atomics one, I think uh, Thor, Thor chain ruin is another. We've got flare. Yeah. You know, coming along quite nicely. It's going to do the same kind of stuff, all trustless, all without the boat anchor that is the Ethereum proof of work chain. And I'm sorry, I don't care how smart these people think they are. They're wrong about this. The market does not like inefficiency. It drives it out. And crypto is about as close as you can get, like computers, to a free market where the best solutions win. That's how it works when you have real free markets. And that's what the DEX and DeFi really is. 
And if you don't see that and, and you want to run around talking about how, like, look, I don't doubt it's going to go up. I don't doubt Bitcoin's going to go up. But if you think these are the solutions because they're popular today, I, I can't help you. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap up there. I think that's good. I know y'all got more questions, but eh. wait, wait. Someone's talking about my rack. Laughing my ass off space heater into an equipment rack. I love the redneck engineering. Yeah, it's one of those uh, quartz infrared heaters and it just broke. And so being the good electrical engineer, I pulled it out and scavenged for cool parts, right? It's what we do. And then I, at the same time, I had a couple of like little pieces of, you know, 1U units to put in and it just happened to be almost 19 inches. And I just used wood screws and screwed that bitch in and it worked fine until I got the tube amp. That thing's pretty heavy and the wood is like particle board. So it's split. So it wasn't holding screws. So that thing's starting to sag. And now I'm trying to get a UPS that probably weighs 60 pounds. No way is that going to, it has to sit on rails front and back. So that's why I sprung for the 200 or the use the patron money to spring for like a $200 rack over there. I'm slowly getting my studio kind of built up and uh, working better. I think that I'm really happy with the sound of this microphone through the, uh, the voice channel and all that. And I'm slowly tweaking things and eventually I'll get better lighting and more of these button pusher things. And then that will help me take the complexity of the show up even higher. So slow, always changing it and slowly building it and uh, appreciate y'all that support that patreon.com slash to the lifeboats. All right, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to watch some TV or something. Y'all have a good rest of your weekend. Uh, appreciate you sitting through this, share this video, right? This Mike Lindell thing, because that's something y'all ask me, where do, where do we start with people? How about here? But also let them know that there's some things that are wrong in there, but the overall uh, uh, evidence and message is pretty undeniable. So that way, when they do go and check, you know, the fact checking sites that get half of it, right? They understand that kind of thing. So, all right. Good night, everyone. We'll catch y'all next broadcast. Enjoyed it. happening in here that's right it's brackets and jackets bringing it back for brackets and jackets special epstein island edition that's right